This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet at Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Really excited because today we're going to be talking to Dr. Megan Heron, who's a board-certified veterinary behaviorist. She's also the author of a recent book that's coming out called Decoding Your Cat, the Ultimate Experts explain common cat behaviors and reveal how to prevent or change unwanted ones. She's the editor on this book, and this is a book that's going to be coming out in July. So make sure to check it out on Amazon or wherever you're ordering and pre-order this book. She is also the Senior Director of Behavioral Medicine Education Research and Outreach at Gigi Shelter. We'll be right back with Dr. Heron right after these messages. Mojo would swallow things whole, a chicken carcass, a bird nest, and assorted stones and sticks. After surgery, Mojo had skin issues. He was constantly itching and scratching, chewing the hair right off of his legs. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. On the Dynavite, all of these symptoms disappear. Dynavite is nutrition. If you love your dog, you need to put him on Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Dr. Heron, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be here. Thanks. Just so our audience knows who you are, do you mind explaining a little bit of background about who you are, where you trained, and what you do right now? Sure thing. So I'm a veterinary behaviorist, which means I am a veterinarian and also behaviorist. And I work with dogs and cats with various emotional and behavioral disorders. So my journey started uh, in undergrad when I adopted a a dog with, let's just say, some issues. (laughs) And it really took me on a journey as I started in vet school. Um, I really wanted to be a zoo vet initially and started shadowing the vets at the Columbus Zoo. But as this little special dog I adopted developed more and more of his special needs, I was able to learn a little bit about companion animal behavior and veterinary behavior. Um, I was actually introduced to an applied behaviorist who was working at Ohio State at the time. So I'm a Buckeye. I did go to the Ohio State University for veterinary school and took my special needs dogs with me (laughs) the whole way. Um, After I graduated, I actually worked in a shelter for a little while doing behavior work with the dogs there and then also was in general practice. And I did this before moving on to a residency in behavioral medicine at the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine. I finished up there, packed up my U-Haul, and came back to the Ohio State University College of Veterinary Medicine, um, where I was um, the head of the clinical services for behavioral medicine there upheld just this past January. So I spent a good decade there. And now I have the great fortune of working for Gigi's which is an organization dedicated to improving the lives of shelter dogs. So now I'm in the thick of it with shelter dogs and changing behaviors and hopefully making a a huge impact on on the lives of dogs. So super excited about that. 
And that's a great segue, I think, to what our first topic is, because the yes. shelters are going to be busy this weekend. Yeah. So tell me why shelters are going to be busy the week of July 4th. Yeah. So sadly, there are more dogs picked up as strays on this holiday than any other day of the year. It's just a matter of what panic does to, to animals. So all of a sudden the sky darkens and there are loud crash, bang, booms coming from nowhere. And there's just nothing that can predict it. And so that is really hard for, for dogs. If they weren't socialized to something like that and had a really good experience as a young dog, most dogs are going to be at least startled by fireworks. And I think then you have other dogs who might have a little bit of noise sensitivity. You put that together and you can get full-blown panic. And when dogs panic, they have lots of different coping mechanisms and escape is probably one of the most common. So whether they are in a backyard and suddenly the sky is falling, they're going to bolt. They're just trying to escape what's really scary. If they're inside in a crate, I have seen dogs break teeth, break jaws, tear up their skin, trying to get out of it because they're so terrified and they need to get out. I've had them jump out third story windows, push out air conditioning units, all because of panic. And so they're running, they're fleeing, they don't really know where they're going. And then eventually they get picked up and end up in the shelter. And what a lot of people don't realize is if dogs do not have a valid license, the shelters are not legally obligated to hold them for more than three days in most counties. And so that means after three days, you know, if they are physically and behaviorally sound, they're gonna, they could get adopted out to someone else. But if not, if they have issues, or if that shelter is way overcrowded, like often they are on the 4th of July weekend, then they might get euthanized. So this isn't just about your dog running away. This could be about your dog losing its life. So microchipping and licensing are probably one of the first things we'll want to talk about. You know, it's so interesting. A lot of people don't even think about how to acclimate their pets to loud noises. I remember being with a friend who's a hunter and he had a new dog and he just ended up shooting off his shotgun just to get his dog used to the noise and his dog immediately cowered. <laughs> and to me, this was so traumatizing to see. I was like, no, don't, you can't do it that way. But same thing with July 4 fireworks. I absolutely hate fireworks for that reason. Not only does it wake up my toddler at night, uh, <laughs> but the noise is stressful for everyone. So what are your general tips on how we can not only keep our pets safer, but also stress them out less with that loud noise? Do you have any tips in terms of white noise or or what medications we can use or how to adjust them to this stressful week. Because we know it happens for more than July 4th. It's the whole week of July 4th. Absolutely. And I think this season compared to others is already going to be a lot worse. I don't know about you, but in Ohio, I have heard fireworks every single night for the past week. I think since a lot of the major like large public venues events have been canceled. There's a lot more backyard fireworks going on. At least that's the case in Ohio. And so dogs are getting exposed to it earlier and more readily. And so they're developing kind of this sensitization and, and that fear tends to grow with each exposure. But I kind of talk about two things, sort of safety and sanity. So what's the first, talk about what you can do to keep your dog from running away, right? And so first of all, if you've got a fenced backyard, it's time to go out and check it if you haven't already. You want to look for weak spots. You want to make sure that gate is secure and there's no way that any amount of pressure is going to push it open or that a latch can be unlocked by the dog. You want to look at from top to bottom to make sure there's no sort of sunken areas of the ground where the dog could slip their way under it. I mean, again, with panic, dogs can be quite the Houdinis and they can get out of almost anything. So making sure that fence is going all the way to the ground and reinforcing it with another small fence if you need to or other type of wiring. 
making sure there's no way that your dog can climb the fence. So if you have a chain link, you may want to plant some shrubs or have some sort of access so they can't be climbing it. Otherwise, making sure it's tall enough that they can't get over it. And again, the safest thing to do is after dusk, really, to keep them inside because that's when you're at higher risk time. So getting their potty break just after dinner before it starts to turn dark and people might be starting the fireworks, just keep them indoors. And then the next thing to think about is when you're walking your dog. So there's a lot of kids who'll be, they're throwing the little poppets on the ground or setting off bottle rockets, even in the middle of the day. So what I caution people is check your dog's collar now, make sure it is tight. So just a few fingers are going underneath it so that if they panic because someone lets off a firework on your walk, they can't back out of their collar. Backing out is probably the biggest means of escape we see in dogs that panic on walks. If your dog has the my neck is thicker than my head syndrome, then you want to get what's called a martingale collar, which is the kind, it's, it's a limited slip, meaning if there's pressure on the leash, it gets a little bit smaller so that it can't slip off of their head. So that or a well-fitted adjusted harness to prevent them from backing out and bolting. Making sure you have a firm hold of that leash. I recommend against the use of a flexi lead because those big things can pull right out of your hand and then slingshot towards the dog if they get panic and suddenly jerk that out of your hand. And then we want to think about where we're going to keep them. So during, you know, there's going to be fireworks or it's a high risk time. We want to think about setting up a bunker for them. That is a room, whether that's a bathroom, a walk-in closet, a basement, something that has as few outdoor access windows as possible. That way, some of the sound is not going to get in as well as it might say in a sunroom or a screened-in porch. Um, it also means they have fewer escape access points should they, should they become panicked. And then we want to provide sort of a buffer, right? How do we decrease all that stimuli that's coming into that room? So we want to leave the lights on so that the flashes, if the fireworks are close, the flashes of light are not bothering them. And then we want to play sources of noise. So white noise, that's that shh sound. You can get that on YouTube. You can play it on your phone. You can get an actual sound machine. You can get one of those sound spas from Bed Bath & Beyond and just play it on the waterfall setting. I wouldn't recommend the thunderstorm setting if your dog has storm phobia as well, but that waterfall setting is that nice sound. If you're using a bathroom, if you have an overhead fan, sometimes that works great as well at really buffering out the sounds of the fireworks. Now, it's not nothing's going to get that really loud boom that just kind of vibrates through your whole body, but you do the best you can to really minimize how much sound is getting through to them. It's also great to utilize classical music. So we have plenty of research, both in people and in dogs, showing the relaxing effects of classical music. Now, what you don't want to do is play the classical music that's going along with the fireworks, like the 1812 Overture. Too many big bangs and cymbal crashes there. Think soft, classical, Beethoven, Bach, Brahms, playing that alongside your white noise to help, help them feel relaxed. If you're going to be home with your dog, it'd be great to play some fun games with them. So every time you hear a firework go off, you have a party with treats, you play Find It. You can give them puzzle toys if you're not going to be with them. So that can look like whether it's a Kong or a Busy Buddy. There's so many food dispensing puzzle toys out there now. You basically put their favorite food, whether that's wet food, dry food, treats, turkey, cheese, hot dogs. Put it in there and then let them play with that toy to occupy their mind. And also, if they are eating, if they're consuming food during that event, their brain is processing a positive emotion, which helps offset any potential fear that may be coming through. I would say if you can get your dog plenty of exercise before you're going to set them up in their bunker, that can help take a little bit of extra agitation out. And if you are going to be leaving your dog home alone, it may be during fireworks, it may be helpful to set up some sort of side cam. 
So whether that's a nanny cam, uh, you know, utilizing your phone and computer, but just so you can spy on them. So that way, if there is a problem, you can know right away if you need to run home and help them out. For dogs who have a known history of issues with either loud noises, with thunderstorms, or didn't do so well last 4th of July, that's where you want to start thinking about medication. In my experience, these fears and phobias get worse every year because the last year they remember it was a terrible experience. They panicked. And so the next time they hear that sound, it's almost like a PTSD. It triggers them to bring on this major fear and panic response. So there are medications that can help prevent that response from happening. So we're not talking just about sedatives here. I don't want them to just be asleep, but still scared. I want them to be less afraid. So we use drugs that work as anti-panic or anti-anxiety medications. And your family veterinarian can discuss a number of those with you. But the key is to time it right. You want it in their system well before the fireworks are anticipated. So some of the medications take anywhere from one to two hours to kick in, and most last anywhere from six to eight hours. So usually kind of a dose around five o'clock should get you good for the rest of the night, um, depending on the dog. But it's important to talk to your veterinarian early. So if, if you're just now hearing this today, you might want to make that call today so that you can try out some of these medications ahead of time, because it's good to know which medication is going to have the best effect and what dose works best for your dog. Um, and that way you can feel as prepared as possible. There's some really great products for dogs that are out there now. And if it works well, write it down, let your veterinarian know so that next year you can be prepared. And I recommend erring on the side of caution. If you think there's any chance of fireworks and you have a truly phobic dog, go ahead and give them the medication and just let them be at rest, be at peace, enjoy their food dispensing puzzle toy and not be in fear. Well, one of the biggest questions I'll hear from pet owners is, well, I'm, I'm worried it's going to have some negative side effects. I'm worried about, you know, if my dog has a heart murmur, my dog has this history or this medical problem, how safe are these prescription medications? And, you know, I have to ask because people are always asking us this, is there anything they can give at home? Yeah. So a great question. I think the individual choice of medication is best discussed with your family veterinarian because there's certainly some medications that would be contraindicated if your dog did have a medical condition, although that's, that's, that's pretty few. Most of them are quite safe and some of them can be given regardless of the medical condition. Again, it's just making that choice. And with side effects, some of them have some side effects of sleepiness and that's typically dose dependent, which is why we want to test them out ahead of time. And then there's certainly what we call adverse reactions. So with any medication you use, even something as simple as Benadryl, you can have an adverse reaction. So always good to test these medications, whether it's over the counter, whether it's an herbal supplement or an actual medication, there's always potential for adverse effects. So you want to test it out so that if that your dog is one of those individuals, you know not to give it an actual day of the event of fireworks or thunderstorm or other loud noises. Um, but for the most part, we have, you know, veterinary approved. So Celio is uh, an FDA approved medication for sound phobias. And so it's something that your veterinarian can prescribe and you can give. Now, certainly if they have heart problems that, that you might have to talk to your veterinarian about adjusting the dose or, or choosing an alternative, but it certainly does not cause heart problems, does not cause other issues, and has worked very, very well for a lot of pets and actually has been through clinical trials that are FDA approved. And as far as what you can give at home, you know, you always hear people, well, I can just give a few Benadryl and he'll, he'll sleep it off. So if your dog has very mild symptoms, Benadryl may make them sleepy enough that they aren't really aware of the storm. That something like an antihistamine like that has no, what we call anxiolytic effects. So it doesn't do anything to stop panic. So if your dog's a true panicker, 
that's really where you want to talk to your vet about a medication. There's a lot of controversy about CBD products right now, which I imagine you've probably addressed (laughs) in other shows. But right now, it is not legal for veterinarians to make recommendations on those. The other thing about CBD is that just because it is uh, available on, on the internet and you don't need a prescription does not mean it is considered safe. So what they found is they have used CBD oil in dogs with seizure disorders and pain but they weren't without consequence. So there are certain liver enzymes that are activated, and that means it could cause liver problems if given long-term. It could also mean that if your pet's on any other medications, it could interfere with the metabolism of those medications. So you want to really be cautious. And again, I really encourage people to have this conversation with their family veterinarian. I am hopeful that someday we'll have a CBD product that is available readily that we know is safe, but we just can't recommend that at the moment. I see a lot of people who um, are definitely trying different options out there. And I would say uh, CBD products are not all the same. So you definitely have to be careful. And the biggest advice, and you hear Dr. Heron saying this too, is when in doubt, please check with your veterinarian. So important that we do this just to make sure that your pet is safe and that your vet is uh, taking care of your pet appropriately. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. During this COVID-19 pandemic, I'll admit, I've been ordering everything from groceries to disinfectants to cleaners to cosmetics to more online. And of course, I couldn't leave out my dog, who, by the way, is the world's best pit bull ever. He needs some loving too. After all, I've had some great quality time surviving the pandemic, thanks to my own dog and cat, of course. And my godsend, having a pit bull-proof dog toy like the Kong toy. These things are indestructible, and that's why I love my Kong box. When you order a Kong box, you'll get a few toys, delicious treats, and a few recipes to try too. My last Kong box came with its own cheese whiz-like flavor to stuff into the Kong. My dog loves the sweet potato spread Kong stuffing. Even my cat wants to eat it. For my listeners, go to kongbox.com forward slash ervet and get your first box free with your subscription and a dollar donation. If you and your dog don't absolutely love the box, you can cancel your subscription for a small fee, but I doubt you will. You just can't beat the value and convenience of a Kong box subscription. So help a dog in need and your first box is free. Go to kongbox.com forward slash ervet. That's K-O-N-G-B-O-X dot com forward slash E-R vet. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio dot com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We're talking to Dr. Megan Heron about what we can do to relieve that anxiety in your dog and your cat when it comes to those super annoying July 4th fireworks that happen all week long. Remember, you want to keep your pet happy and safe. And we want to make sure they're not stressed out. So implementing a lot of these useful tips to make sure that we're using white noise, keeping our pets secured, making sure not running out the door because we worry that they're going to be lost or they're going to end up in a shelter somewhere. So important that we make sure that we take care of our pets during this holiday. Now, I also did want to mention that Dr. Heron is the editor for this book called Decoding Your Cat. 
And there's also a book called Decoding Your Dog. So if you listen to ER Vet, we know you're a pet lover, please make sure to purchase those books and check them out. Really important information from the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists. We want to make sure that our pets are happy, healthy, and that we understand and unlock a lot of the behaviors that they're displaying at home. Any other tips that you have when it comes to July 4th? Or if you don't have any questions, I was going to ask you about COVID. Once people start opening up their bubble and they start going back to work, do you have any tips you want to leave with us when it comes to minimizing the risk of separation anxiety, especially in our dogs? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it'll be very interesting when we can look back over a few years to see what COVID did to our pets. Um, and I think there's a number of things to consider. So the first to talk about would be separation anxiety. I, I'm getting asked that on a regular basis. What are we going to do when we all turn back to work? And I think, you know, for your, your dogs and cats that never had a history of separation anxiety, you could leave on the weekend with no worries or no panic response from your pets. My guess is they'll, they'll be a little bit of adjustment period, but most of, them, most of them will do just fine. I think it's the pets that had just a slight amount of separation anxiety where they were just barely coping to suddenly have three months nonstop with their families and then get cut off completely for anyone who's going right back to work full time. I think we're going to see a major surge of problems there. So that major change, whether it's a dog or a cat, can really be problematic, um, especially for our, I would say, our, our dogs and cats who had existing separation anxiety. So when I'm treating a separation anxiety patient, we can get them managed and doing quite well. But I always warn people, the second you move or if your life has a major change, be prepared for a recrudescence of signs. So I think this is one of those major life changes where we're going to see a recrudescence of signs. So um, I actually put a blog about this at um, ggs.org forward slash blog, where we talk about how do we set up our pets for being comfortable home alone. And it's really about practice. And so if you have a dog who was crate trained, but hasn't been in their crate for two months, well, it's time to break that crate out again and start teaching them that it's really awesome if you do plan to crate them again when you go back to work. And so that can be as easy as putting a jar of treats next to the crate and 10 times a day you say, kennel up and throw that treat in there. So they're super excited, A, just to walk in. Start feeding them their meals in their crates. Start closing the door when you do that so they get used to having a positive experience and used to being confined again. Then you want to work them up to shorter periods of time where they're spending time. I love using a food dispensing puzzle toy so they can engage with that while they're in the crate, having a positive experience and it kind of keeps their mind on something else and work on leaving them alone. So let's say you're still working from home. Well, maybe kind of gather your things and pretend you're going to work, set up your dog in the crate with a food dispensing puzzle toy, kind of close the door, pretend you're leaving. I even tell people to open and close the garage door so it seems like you're actually leaving and go do your work meetings for a few hours and then pretend to come home, let your dog out, go potty. And again, starting at shorter increments of time and working them up to your full workday if you are going to return for that full eight to 10 hour day. And then leaving the house without our dogs. I think that's what's funny is that we're all home and we want to take our dogs everywhere with us. So trying to go for that walk without your dog or at least leaving the house to, to run a quick errand or just drive around to give them practice being alone is going to be quite helpful. And then you want to think about just making it a relaxed environment. So we've got, you know, plenty of enrichment there. So the food dispensing puzzle toys, other safe items to chew if chewing is one of their coping mechanisms. So I love leaving empty toilet paper rolls or empty paper towel rolls or cut up some of your old boxes you got from Amazon and just give them a chewing outlet if they need it. So they're not going to your household items. Um, it's great to set up 
sound enrichment like classical music, as we talked about before with 4th of July. Soothing classical music as well as white noise can help create just this nice buffered safe environment when they're home alone. You can also think about using some of the pheromone products, whether this is for 4th of July, thunderstorms, or, or being home alone. So dog appeasing pheromone um, under the name brand Adaptal has been shown in a few trials to be helpful for dogs with separation anxiety and other noise fears. So just there's a diffuser. You can plug that in next to their crate. There's also a collar they can wear all the time so that it's with them if they're loose in the house all the way. If you're concerned about your pets developing separation anxiety or a recrudescence of separation anxiety, then I would recommend, again, setting up that spy cam or that nanny cam. There's plenty of webcams now that you can set up and see directly on your phone wherever you are. You can actually move the camera angle around by touching your smartphone, and it gives you access to what your pets are doing when you're not there. In case there's a major problem, you can get home and help them out. That's fantastic information. Again, you can find that blog that Dr. Heron wrote on ggs.org, COVID-19, Preventing Separation Anxiety. And I think this is really important because I do worry our dogs are so used to having us 24-7 with them. You have to tell me, are cats going to care? I think cats are actually excited we're going back to work. What do you think? <laughs> I think there's probably a subset of dogs that are happy we're going back to work, too. <laughs> I agree. I agree. The most important takeaway is please make sure you talk to your veterinarian when it comes to keeping your pets safe. Now, whether or not that's reducing separation anxiety or reducing that noise phobia, being so scared of those July 4th fireworks. Ultimately, my goal is an emergency critical care specialist is to keep your pet out of the animal ER. And I also will see a lot of traumatic accidents from a dog jumping through the glass door because of July 4th fireworks. They have a lot of lacerations or dogs running out the door, getting hit by a car. So please, this week, take the time to make sure you pet proof. Talk to your veterinarian in advance. Please don't call them on July 3rd asking for medication. Okay, call immediately just to make sure that uh, your pet is safe. And with that, we just wanted to thank you, uh, Dr. Heron, so much for joining us today and providing us with such great information. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank our guests, Dr. Megan Heron and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.